Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our lesson is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, through chapter 11, verses 1 through 16, if you wish to follow along in your Bible. Paul speaks to women of Corinth in regard to proper public worship. Pastor Harris outlines this instruction for behavior in four points. That which is, number one, symbolized by culture, verses 2 through 6. Number two, specified by scripture, verses 7 through 12. Number three, substantiated by nature, verses 13 through 15. And number four, summarized for all in verse 16. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he sorts this all out in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Heads, Hair, and Hats. I think it's easy to see why head coverings are not an absolute. Um, There are notes in the MacArthur Study Bible, and why did I reference that? because it was one of the best books that had been translated into Russian at that time. Um, the notes on 1 Corinthians 11, um, 2 through uh, 16, and, and uh, John MacArthur's commentary on 1 Corinthians, they had those, so that's why I referenced those. But um, here's some comments that we can make about this text that are helpful. As in all the churches, it's not used in the same way here in chapter 11 as it is in chapter 14. There the subject is also proper conduct of women in churches, but um, the fact that Paul inserted as in all the churches in one place, but he didn't put it exactly the same way in the other, in the same letter on the same subject is good evidence that he regarded one of those things as an absolute and one of them as a relative. So not universal here in this passage. Um, when he mentions other churches, it's in connection with the universal principle of a woman's hair being longer than men's. He doesn't say that with a statement that head coverings are required in all places. Um, a second reason, there's no reference to head coverings in any of the other New Testament passages. If this was a universal thing, wouldn't you expect to see it when it says, wives be submissive to your husbands? You would think it would be there. But it's not. It's only here where you have a confused church um, messing things up. And if that's a, a, an essential aspect of submission, you would expect it in the passages that teach submission. And it just, it, it just isn't there. Um, uh, it also uh, appears that there are two references to cultural practices here in verse 11. The other one has to do with cutting hair. You know, men and women should wear their hair different, generally speaking, different lengths. Um, that was um, a short, a short hair is believed to have been for a woman acceptable only for a prostitute. Um, it could have referred to men, uh, women who were trying to appear uh, as men. Um, in either way, it was rebellion against God's 
patterns for men and, and women. Um, number four, I suggested that wearing a head covering, which is a symbol, does not represent submission, which is an absolute. So you, you, know, you, you can have the symbol and not have the real thing in, uh, uh, in, in the heart. God is concerned when you look at a passage that does deal with women, 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, God is concerned with the hidden person of the heart, not the external symbols and the, uh, and the mere professions of obedience or of faith. Um, and so it's not, it's not an absolute is what we're saying. Um, this passage, number five, says in very plain language, her hair is given to her as a covering. Now, would, would you put that in there if it wasn't relevant? Therefore, hair is a sufficient covering. Now, it, it, it ought to look like a girl's hair compared to a boy's hair. And that can vary from, from culture to culture. Just depends on where you live. So, what should you say? Suppose you were to visit a church somewhere in the deep south and you walked in, ladies, and you found out you were the only female on the block that wasn't wearing a hat. It happens. I mean, even, even in this country, um, even now, how do you deal with that? Well, you might want to keep a scarf in your purse just in case you get caught in a situation like that. You don't want to stand out as a rebel. You want to be known for who you are. So when, when you're dealing with somebody with that, deal with the text and deal with what the text says. And if something in the culture is not actually required by Scripture, it falls into that category of a gray area. In other words, it's neither black nor white, and you should make up your own mind. So I have pastor friends in Russia who tell their wife, please, please don't cover your head because we don't want to be identifying with the ones who hate the gospel that we preach. And I have Russian friends that say, please, to their wives, please cover your head because that's respect for the generations that came before us. You're going to have to deal with that and you're going to have to realize that's not a gospel issue. That's not something to split a church over. That's something to love and respect each other um, about. We could go into Romans 14 and the earlier chapters in 1 Corinthians about meat and meat offered to idols or days that you celebrate things. Um, something else from Romans 14, notice there's a command neither to judge nor to place an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. That means that our obligation is to understand the convictions of those people around us, including their cultural practices, and avoid needless offense, avoid needless misunderstandings. The phrase, when in Rome do as the Romans do, that has a certain element of truth in it. Paul acted Jewish among the Jews. He acted Gentile among the Gentiles in everything that was neither commanded or prohibited by Scripture. So, we recommend 
that when it comes to something like this, that we regard it as a gray area. Wisdom dictates that going along with the expectations of the culture, generally speaking, that's a good thing. As long as you're not doing something sinful, that is a good thing. And it should not be an issue over which we separate from other believers. And we happen to live in a culture where there's more embracing of differences. So it's not as tough for us. But I told my friends there that... A good pastoral comment would be something like, in Russian culture, it's traditional for married women to wear head coverings in church. That was the practice of some of the women in the early church. And what really matters is that a woman's heart is right toward Christ and toward her husband. So look for wisdom from God. Choose for yourself what you believe best glorifies Him. And this doesn't apply just to hair and hats. And heads, it applies to everything. Do what you think is the best testimony to your brothers and sisters in the church. Do what you think is the least offensive to unbelievers. And do your best to not be a rebellious one. Do your best to be a loving one. Do your best to be um, an inclusive one that doesn't draw lines where, where God doesn't. Um, and be very aware of what unbelievers think. It really does matter, especially unbelievers who may visit your church. Uh, I had a friend who, um, he, he came to Christ um, while he was deployed in the Navy on, uh, I don't know, doesn't matter what kind of uh, ship it was, but not long after they left on their deployment, um, he was um, invited into a Bible study with somebody who gave him the gospel, led him to Christ, and began discipling him. And he couldn't wait to get back and to be able to go to church. The guy was talking about, I want to take you to church with me. I want to introduce you to my, to my friends there. And uh, so it was about, I don't know, two, three months later, finally they came into port and uh, the guy that had led my friend to Christ uh, said, I want you to come to church. He brought him to church. He came in the door. He introduced him to a guy who happened to be a deacon. And he said, this is my new friend who has, who has come to Christ And uh, I'm so happy to introduce him today. And the guy shook his hand and he said, welcome. And he took his finger and he thwacked the pack of cigarettes in the guy's pocket and said, those have to go. Welcome to Christian fellowship. You know who that was, Naoko? It was Jerry Mitchell, their pastor for, uh, for a long time. You know, okay, so there you take something that has nothing to do with a person's relationship with Christ. Oh, and by the way, he quit smoking. But that was the number one first impression that he got. Here's what Christian fellowship is like. We'll tell you what to do and not do. Instead of, we'll show you how to walk with Christ. That was, 
that was a sad, sad thing. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.